This is the Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. Now, here are your hosts, Cody, Kyle, and Ken. Welcome back for a brand new episode of Off the Break Podcast for Freaky Frankenstein Friday. <laughs> Lisa Frankenstein is all the buzz of the trades. Also, our only wide release for two nights. <laughs> we are two buzzed nine. about it. It's the only thing to buzz about. Um, well, I don't know. Outside of like a Disney flick that got a surprise announcement, that's about all oh, there is for like we the gotta buzz talk about that because that's lighting people on fire. We've already had conversations with our film company folks about how excited, in quotations, they are about this. <laughs> how about we kick off with that then? We can start there. Um, we have. If, if you go through all of the things that Disney didn't have going for it over the last two years, they didn't have a real Pixar movie. They didn't have Avengers movies after Endgame that got any real traction. Nope. No Marvel films. We were running out of good. franchises. If you had to pick something from the last 10 years that Disney could bring back, it was Moana. <laughs> and we're or getting- Frozen. But they've already done that once. They've already done that once. But we got Way Mo- to ruin his point. Moana 2. Moana 2. At Thanksgiving. I was really excited for this. <laughs> Not only is it one of my favorite Disney movies ever for kids' animated titles, mm. but I'm hoping that this now displaces that terrible, terrible decision to make a live action version. I Apparently, none no, is nothing doesn't. is being said about that. That's still happening. But I really hope that this just displaces that and that idea quietly goes away because i don't care to see the rock in a live action moana i just do not care to see that i guess outside of that we haven't really heard much on like the disney remake front like when it comes to the live action adaptations i don't think well it was the last one was the moana one and they were like oh we're gonna bring we're gonna bring back the rock but we're not gonna bring back the girl that actually played moana and saying all the moana songs she she's not coming back she's too old but The Rock, yeah, we want him. <laughs> well, we also have Lion Screw King you. live action Zero. Oh yeah, Mufasa. 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 <laughs> Is that live action? That's not animated. Uh, it's CGI it's animals. CGI animals. Uh, take that for okay. what you will. So we have that one too coming out. Yeah. Okay, I forgot. This but summer we're getting Moana Thanksgiving, and this is already getting the film companies fired up because. <laughs> The runaway film for the holiday season 2024 was supposed to be Wicked Part 1. Yeah. The Universal's scared now because, you know, this a Moana for families is going to play. It just, hands down, is going to play so much better than a Wicked. Shouldn't but you, they have already been worried, though, because musicals aren't, like, the surefire thing to begin with? They should have been is, really worried after Cats that maybe they're not the no, studio to pull this off. This is the ignorance of the two of you. <laughs> no. Living in Montana, secluded, <laughs> out in the wilderness, we don't have by, broad by yourselves. No, Sorry, we have no, no culture. You've never lived in the Midwest where this is wicked by itself. If you say that, you will have a 45-minute conversation with someone named Carol about the time she went to the Civic Center in Des Moines, Iowa, and watched Wicked, and it was one of the best <laughs> days of her life. That's amazing. Like, this movie by itself is going to be a big thing. It's not going to be a Cats. It's not going to be... Color Purple, the musical. This mm-hmm. is going to be a huge piece of this year's box office. Okay, okay. You're selling me. Yeah. And, and it's You're selling Wizard me of, in the Midwest, it's maybe. It's Wizard of Oz. It's Wizard of Oz. Even that shitty 
James Franco remake. <laughs> made like half a With billion. With Mila Kunis. Made like half a billion dollars <laughs> yeah. worldwide. Like it was a massive That's movie. True. So I, I think about this. Forget about James Franco. I mean, for theaters, if you have more than one screen, this is amazing news. This is right. the best kind of news you can have is to say we've got two A titles for the week lined up at Thanksgiving, one of your five biggest weekends of the year. Take your pick. Fire! If you have two screens, you got them both. Awesome. Go for it. Right. Amazing. If you have one screen, this is where the film companies get nervous. Right. <laughs> pick me or die. It's pick me or die. <laughs> exactly. Or you're dead to me, I should say. Oh, yeah. They don't want to kill you because they need, they'll need you in two weeks when you didn't play the movie to play it again. <laughs> so which are you more afraid of, The Rock or The Wicked Witch of the West? That's your poison. <laughs> it, it's just what's what's going to play. I mean, Moana mm-hmm. was was a hit, but it wasn't a massive hit. No. I mean, it, it was a 200... It's a, it was a slow burn, for $250 million sure. total U.S. gross. Mm-hmm. Not something huge. And then I look back at, because we have Inside Out 2, and that was a $350, oh, $350 million yeah. U.S. gross at, in June. But both of these, I, I can't be more excited for this. I think yeah. this is awesome that we have a Disney animated title that and doesn't guess- have... It's not going to have the undertones. Like this is Bob Maximum Bob Iger right. trying to win back Disney fans and put a stamp on the end of 24 and trying to move back in pole position for 25. Right. No, I think it'll yeah. be good. And I think that they were developing this as a series for Disney+. Plus. That's and, what it sounded like. And I'm glad they pivoted. I'm glad they pivoted to a theatrical and we get it for the movie theaters. I do I do love the idea that if it was like an eight or a ten part series, you're going to have eight or ten songs in this movie. Yeah. So if one doesn't hit, you've got nine others. <laughs> at least we have some. <laughs> we got a good picking to choose from. Yeah. That was not settling the, on a low number here. I think that's one of the things why Moana plays so well, because they are seeing such good numbers on Disney Plus with it. It is one people are consistently going back to. Yeah. And I do think that it should be credited to the music. It really is wonderful. It will be one of the classics. It's a good song. Yeah. It's, a, it's a good story, but the songs are so good. It, it yeah, yeah almost yeah. as good as Encanto. That's num- like that's also one of the ones Which they was go like back. One hundred and fifty million dollar opening, so we're going yeah. backwards. I know, but <laughs> but then that we don't talk about Bruno San really took off. Yeah, and, and yeah. got a handful of Disney Plus subscriptions because everybody that had it already wasn't going to upgrade Disney Plus, Disney Double Plus, Plus Plus Plus. <laughs> There's so, never enough. So for, for single screens, it's something to put on your radar for November. For everybody else, this is awesome news. Yay, more content. More content, more family content mm-hmm. at the holidays. Bullseye Disney. Yes. Kudos. Kudos, Disney. But that's but that's so far into the future. How about we right. rein it back in and bring it back to like what's gonna save us in the in the presence tense right now? What's saving us now? Lisa Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. How is it, Kyle? Uh we, we went to the early show. Uh yeah. What is going to reanimate theaters near you? <laughs> uh I thought it was cute. I thought it was a pleasant time. Um it kind of displays like what is shown in the trailer, so you're not gonna get too much of a surprise with like the premise of it but basically a young girl um is, is she she's uh she falls in love with um a corpse that gets brought back from the dead and it's just a rom-com that's weird but quirky and funny and it has a good mixture of like horror 
visuals that don't go too scary or too graphic or too dark. It's just mm-hmm. the right amount for an audience who's wanting a rom-com feel good sort of feel to like get the occasional gross out- outness, but also play it for um, a charming comedic effect. I do think that the beginning of the movie is kind of tough to get into. Like it doesn't have like the right tone or pacing for setting up its premise. But once it does, I think it hits the ground running and just does what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to be kind of weird, but oddly charming. Um, And the two leads in the movie also have uh, a quirkiness to them when it comes out, they fall in love, which I don't know, was enough for me to be um, won over by it. Did they put Taylor Swift movie or music in this movie? No, no. Uh-oh. A lot of a lot of eighties. Huge mistake. Yeah, <laughs> it takes place in the eighties, so it's like oh. callbacks to eighties music. A lot That's of eighties synthesizer. Um, so yeah, I, I I had a good time with it. Good. I mean, we weren't. We were hoping that it did well. It's going ultra wide for Focus. Right. Which mm. is awesome. Focus is really saving the day this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Considering that Sunday theaters are open till like two o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> if everyone's sick of anyone but you, could be a good date movie. It was for me, so that's what out. we're hoping for. Yeah. Kyle's dating again. <laughs> Kyle's out there dating. <laughs> dating is his uh, best gal. <laughs> the only gal. I'm going, not on the prowl going, already. Going to the sock yeah. hop. <laughs> I wasn't on the prowl to begin with, and I lucked into something great. So <laughs> Kyle prowled, prowled one time, got uncomfortable, and went home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that sounds like Kyle. <laughs> no, no, you guys are right. You guys are right. Well, speaking of sounds like Kyle, we finally got some updated tracking information on Dune Part 2. Yes. It's tracking to be, they're thinking, a $60 million opening weekend. So the biggest we've seen in a really long time. It's Mm -hmm. tracking like it's Marvel, like it's Spider-Man in these early days. Right. I mean, what we've seen... I mean, well, it's not a $150 million no, opening, but the, the but tracking information is the same. In this new post-pandemic era, it's going to be <laughs> on the higher end of the openings. Hey, uh, yes, as excited as you guys are about it, I, uh, you know, there's no reason why this shouldn't be, with right. Warner Brothers behind it, this shouldn't be a $100 million opening, unless it's too weird for general audiences, including myself. Sci-fi is a little hard. I, I think sci-fi is a little hard sell. And this is like, some of the best of the sci-fi. So I, is that's Avatar why I, sci-fi, sci-fi? I would say Avatar sure. is fantasy, not sci-fi oh, as much. Yeah. Yeah, they have that. spaceships. Yeah, but it takes they place like- They can turn like, people on, into blue avatars. Yeah, but it they takes, go to a fantasy land. Like, it's like it one, could, it's just one world. It's a fantastical world. And that, yeah. and all the, the mythology is in that from world. Earth. <laughs> Multiple worlds. Mm, just, I don't think that that really- Both are making sci-fi. valid points. I would say Blade Runner is a sci-fi film, and that only Pick takes a place movie on from one the last planet. Forty years. <laughs> that's what. That's of what? Blade Runner. Yeah. Yeah. Pick another movie from the last forty. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Sorry, Star Trek. Even that's almost like what ten years old now. <laughs> would you say Star Wars is sci-fi or fantasy? I think it's fantasy. It's sci-fi. It is not sci-fi. They have a laser gun. They have a whole mythology built around it. Is there a difference between like the sci-fi fantasy combo versus straight sci-fi? Maybe that's... Are there knights and witches? And is there a throne someone's trying to overtake? It's not wicked, so no. (laughs) And fantasy is not... Yeah, there there are Jedi knights. 
is there, there a Khaleesi? Are Sith no. w- <laughs> Sorry. Lords, it's not fantasy. And there is an empire throne that they're trying to overthrow. I feel like it's totally fantasy. I don't see any dragons in Star Wars. Yeah. That's just because they haven't gone to the planet yet <laughs> with the dragons on There's it. There's so much to explore. Yeah. Dragon to E. Let's go to the dragon planet. No, even Star Wars is like, dragons, come on, that's a stretch. <laughs> we can have a giant teddy bear that rips people's arms off. What are we, nerds? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yes, Kyle wants to do some stumping for Dune 2 now. Well, I, I've been hearing rumblings throughout the office that there are some theaters out there that aren't quite confident in yeah. Dune 2. They don't want to have to play it a third weekend. I, 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 don't, get, I don't get it. I don't. I don't get. What I don't get it either because I think it'll totally hold up for a third weekend. And I think when you look back on the success of the first movie in 2021, the lack of success. It was pretty impressive. It was pretty impressive. For... It was day and day. A lot of theaters were closed, and we all and people forget in 20 and 21 there were still capacity issues. Mm-hmm. It came so out you, the same not... quarter that Spider-Man No Way Home came out, and that is what it's being measured against. <laughs> Boom roasted. Uh, I I don't know when. Also, the first one didn't have sand. No, I still I still disagree with that. I think yes, it did have sandworms in mm -hmm. it. They're at the end. I think there was still caution in what October of 2021 as compared to December of 2021. Yeah. There was for you, ladies. I was out there looking light posts. <laughs> I wasn't afraid. Crossing anymore. signals. <laughs> Plus, also unfiltered cigarettes. I think there became like such a big anticipation and hype for the possibility of like three Spider-Men right. teaming up. People are willing to willing to risk it yeah. for that. And even we were surprised by like the big. I was very opening. surprised. Yeah, Cody was especially. Like, we have the episodes to back that up. <laughs> I was like, like, what is happening here? Where even we were like, uh, cracks a hundred billion, maybe. Well, because all of our advanced tickets were selling out. I'm like, what is happening? What is going on for a Spider-Man movie well, from yeah. Sony? Dune, Dune, Dune one went on to make 150 million. Okay. Domestically, so day and was, date. It was the the biggest day and date movie we've ever. Yeah. Had. So I'm hopeful that it. 60, I think, should be a conservative number. I think they should mm-hmm. do a full court press on this. Warner Brothers mm-hmm. has had, I'd say, tepid success mm-hmm. with their movies, even though Wonka has done really well yeah, over the course of things. I think but they should we need promote that's Timothy gonna, Chalamet coming off his Wonka run. I think they should do everything they can to make this as big as possible. So I'm seeing it in Now see him saving the world. The, they did that with the... the uh, Nightmare-inducing uh, popcorn buckets that I've seen coming out. Oh yeah, have you seen those? No. What? <laughs> They're popcorn buckets, but the openings of them are like the sandworm teeth. Oh. So you have to like put your hand in <laughs> it. <Yeah. Ew>. Yeah. <laughs> and and the sandworm already just looks nasty to begin with. Like, it looks... It's not an appealing-looking bucket, no. and then you look inside, and it's just the grossest. Oh, insides. you have to actually put it through, like. It's not it's just a big tentacles. opening. You have yeah. to touch it. Yeah. yeah. You have yeah, to yeah. touch it. That's so creepy. Yeah. No, that's cool. <laughs> oh. <laughs> At least they're doing that. Um, I, I am seeing um, that the main stars, the, the younger stars, I guess, are making the rounds promoting Dune 2. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we joke about like Timothy Chalamet here, but he is a big draw now. Zendaya is becoming more of a big draw, and she is going to be incorporated more into this story. Plus, I do think there is like 
a sizable rise in popularity for like Florence Pugh and Austin Butler to where the four of them together, like doing promotional mm-hmm. stuff. I think while we do have reasons for not thinking like movies are necessarily like star driven vehicles anymore. I think there are exceptions to the rule and this is one of those. I think the star power is coming back in a time where you're inundated with so much IP from streaming. I mm-hmm. think, I think audience are looking out for something that like tangible that they can grasp on. And I think star power has always been that like, I want to see this movie because this guy is in it. I have made yeah. so much fun yeah. of this doofus's name. And then Kyle spelled it out. T I M O T H E E. Yeah. It's E it's E E. He spells e. it. There's like a, there's a, a, a thing he, at the end. He spells it like a doofus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his last name is dumb enough, but Timo, the Timothy. <laughs> it's the like it's Shakespeare. <laughs> he doesn't, even seem, like he like, washed doesn't up, even seem like washed a Shakespearean up, dude. He looks like he washed know? up in a rain puddle. <laughs> <laughs> looks like Pete hey, Davidson. That's the new hotness now. <laughs> it looks like a poor man's Pete Davidson. <laughs> like couldn't afford the drugs. Couldn't afford the drugs of the tattoos. <laughs> can can pull off the lack of nourishment, maybe, but yeah. <laughs> But again, hey, that's that's eaten, the new hotness, I guess. I haven't eaten anything since 2015, but this is cool. Yeah, now perfect. Now do that for another 10 more years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so hungry. <laughs> oh, well, speaking of being hungry for movie business news, like I know you are. Who, me? I'm talking to our audience directly. Oh. Uh, Cody oh, right, and Kyle listeners. have an update on this uh, studio AI company IP uh, lawsuit, possibly merger. Well, it's just <laughs> AI, so boring. I know AI is going to be our next big topic. You know, we spent quite Alan a, Iverson quite a few years talking Not about streaming no. and how streaming affects theaters. But now, <sighs> is AI? How does AI going to affect everything in our world? And will they have an effect for movie theaters? And so far, I'm not I'm not sure where AI is going to affect theaters directly, but it'll affect them indirectly because it'll affect the major distributors in lots of lots of ways. Not only is it copying their copyrighted material so easily that it fools the human eye, mm-hmm. but it also how can it be utilized to cut la- labor costs for things? Yeah, yeah, definitely what they're looking into. And how do we, you know, so there's lots of areas that we could discuss about the use of AI, how it affects movie stars, how it affects uh, deceased movie stars and bringing them back to life, you know, yep. um, the, whether it's their voices or their likenesses. And, and what does that mean for content and for content flow into the movie theaters as well? So this will probably be an ongoing series as we look at different ways AI is going to be used oh by God, the studios so boring. <laughs> it's just a bunch of ones and zeros who cares <laughs> ones and zeros that uses copyright art yeah but it makes them look worse <laughs> but it, it remains to be seen whether the major distributors are going to be suing ai companies who copyright their material or utilizing them and yeah yeah that's kind of the big question circling around the trades at least from what we've seen so far is that while there has been evidence that AI companies have been showing that they use copyright um, 
copyrighted movies and recreating like scenes out of them like oh scene scenes. for scene they can recreate a whole film mm-hmm. and you almost can't tell the difference at all oh well, you can you can tell the difference a little bit but if it was just a snapshot there up on social media you wouldn't be able i guess at a glimpse uh yeah, yeah. that's fair forgot what kind of an aggressive cinephile you are <laughs> looking for every little detail because <laughs> i I pay attention to the movies and I give it a hundred percent of my focus. It's our job, Ken. Yeah. I don't even know he spelled his stupid name that way. <laughs> <laughs> I've typed it in fifty emails, Timothy. Like the Y at the end. Of course. Even an AI bot would be like, oh, threes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> threes at the end, maybe. <laughs> um. So the question stirring right now is, while we're seeing that there's evidence that these companies are doing this with copyright material why don't we see these studios bring down the hammer on them why do we not see anything uh that's announcing that they're gonna file lawsuits or um do any sort of like legal action and one of the big theories right now is that well they might not be doing that because behind the scenes they might just be trying to make contracts to have them right license it yeah license it out yeah no it it's interesting because this is coming from corporations that have mandated security enabled equipment for movie theaters like these super expensive projectors made us go through digital the digital revolution have these super encrypted projectors because they're so worried about piracy and yet you have ai companies copying frame for frame these movies that have come out and using it and you're not seeing any of the pushback from the studios like you should be it almost feels like they just gave up on trying to police uh, anything police it yeah and it's just so shocking to me because they're already trying to keep what they make for themselves in a sense with like streaming services you know Mm -hmm. like they don't want middlemen involved with what they make and what they release but yet when it comes to like piracy and the ways to have um things become pirated that they make it's just okay or they just gave up trying to police that now yeah it's a really it's a really weird situation that they put themselves we're really gonna we're really going to pull security around the movie theater but everywhere else is fine everywhere else on the interweb is fine (laughs) yeah but the movie theater that's where we're losing the money (laughs) it's ridiculous yeah i mean it would be so nice just if they got rid of this idea of encryption you know for these new films and you could you could have cheaper equipment that didn't need to unencrypt this mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, it is just such a huge expense on the on the studio's part and the and the theatrical part to keep this encrypted data like secure and all that. And I and I think security is important. I wouldn't want this stuff getting out there and ruining the theatrical experience. And I don't think any other theater would either. I think they want people to come in and have those good genuine experiences in the theaters but yeah if you're not going to care about things like the ai or the piracy that happens overseas in china and stuff then you shouldn't why are we coming down on on domestic theaters here like they're the bad guys yeah i know there's i wish there was a good answer to that yeah. but the, we'll the never answer know is that they're going to start buying up these companies the Viacoms of the world, the Discovery Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. these big companies are going to start buying AI, and pretty soon we'll be referring to him as Bob A. Iger, so they can <laughs> so they can make him live forever. Yeah, <laughs> so they never have to get rid of him. Right. Then they, and With then moves they... like Moana two coming out, hey, <laughs> yeah. I'm I think all, we need to keep this guy. I'm all on the Iger train. I think this is 
I know this was the thing that he talked about originally was wasting money on television and right. I'd like shows. to see them have original ideas again because what four theaters on a, a Moana three, four, and five are not going to do very well. So I don't think you can franchise these things to death. I I think a Moana two is a good idea, but anything past that I think is a little iffy. It'd be, still be nice if they had original ideas that didn't have agendas in them. And I think you could come back from that. Like where, where's the next Moana movie out there that we can start a franchise on? Audiences just want a balance. I don't think it's necessarily yeah. that they're tired of the sequels, but when you're only making announcements of like Moana two through five, plus a live action remake, it's like, we, we got it. We got it. Yeah. Moana's cool. <laughs> Let's like, beat a like dead Moana, horse here. But like, can we also have like, you guys, like you said, the next frozen while also announcing you two can go jump off a cliff because our march is predicated on Dune 2, Kung Fu Panda 4, <laughs> Ghostbusters, Frozen Empire, and Godzilla X-Kong, New Empire. You know what gets left out? If. If. <laughs> An original I am so excited movie. for If. Which they remade The Office with imaginary friends. <laughs> that's all it is. Well, well, at least that's new. It's a remake. You can bring in remake ideas and make something new. It's fine. The fact that they didn't have Phyllis and Stanley and Rain Wilson playing these characters (laughs) is a huge mistake. Yeah, only Steve Carell? Yeah, come on. No, Jenna Fisher? Is that her name? Yeah, okay. Shame, Krasinski. Goes to the big leagues and leaves (laughs) the others behind. he brought Asian Jim back for the promo. I did see that. That was funny. I was so worried that with with John Krasinski that this was going to be with a title like if before we got any information on it, it was just going to be a horror film. I kind of thought it would such, because right. he's only done quiet places so far. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh if no. sounds mysterious. Yeah. No, it's, it's it. nope. It's nope. It's, it's nope. It. It's yeah. <laughs> one word horror titles. And I'm like, please don't do that to us. And then he put mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds in it. And I was seeing Family that too. Movie. When I was having a conversation about upcoming slate with film company folks is mm-hmm. like, they don't think it's, that it really has any traction. And I'm like, Ryan Reynolds is as close as we have to like, he and Ryan Gosling are the only movie star male star leads we have left. Male, yeah. That if, are, that are genuine global stars. If this movie, Especially for like adults with children. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah. if this movie, if Fall Guy don't, if Deadpool don't make $200 million each for the run, they're huge failures. Right. And then we have to reevaluate this idea of the movie star moving forward. Like maybe a little bit. I'm sorry, it's Timothy Chalamet, man. I just, I do <laughs> he's not. a movie star. <laughs> he's a film star. I, I'm sorry. This is the reality we're in now. This is our timeline. <laughs> do they actually pronounce the th together, or is it like an f or a v? Like it's a th sound. Is it? Are you Timothy. sure? Are you sure? Timothy, Timothy <laughs> Chalamet, <laughs> Gutenberg. I'm sure he'd be honored to be called one of those things he'd be like thank you go get a haircut you hippie <laughs> how, how do i ever let you out of the house place? you think i'm bad because everybody outside the house agrees with me no uh, i don't think everybody does not, Every, not everyone's Gen Z. wearing everyone's... not like everybody doesn't agree with my shit list not everybody Gen agrees with you z z z <laughs> Luckily, this isn't a podcast for that demographic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
We just you sound slightly, like angry boomers. You now. slightly <laughs> age folks. Yeah. Get on get on the train here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't even does that mean we call it now? Is that the I end think of the we show? should before we dig ourselves an even deeper hole yeah. here. <laughs> um yeah, so that's the end of that AI topic. Um go play Dune 2 and Lisa Frankenstein was fun. I think we should yeah. reinstate the draft. Oh my god. <laughs> Stop it. I remember when a stamp used to cost 50 cents. <laughs> Honestly, that one's fair, though. I wish uh, cheaper prices. That would be cool. Gallon of yeah. gas was a dollar. <laughs> I remember with my first car that I a gallon gas was a dollar fifty, and I could fill up my whole whole tank for less than twenty bucks. Oh, those were the days. <laughs> Does did, do any of our listeners feel old yet? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Fifty. That makes me feel so old. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, we should be back next week with a new episode. Kyle's like everyone, gas was four dollars a gallon. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle's like, I've never seen that under two. <laughs> oh, I wish what that feeling was like. Yeah. I'll never know. Never we get two Monster Energy drinks for four dollars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, bye everybody. Bye. bye. Thank you for listening to Off The Break Podcast. Find us on all podcast platforms and be sure to like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages at Off The Break Podcast. 